This is the Old Radio Show's podcast. I don't go for that stuff. Screw balls and loons. Those are people, too. 
After all, every one of us is supposed to have some kind of an insane streak. The majority subdue their manias. The weaker ones are the people who fill our asylums. Who told you that? It says so here in the article. Well, I don't believe it. Oh, that's what makes insanity such an interesting subject. The element of uncertainty which is around. But you believe that there are people who are insane that the finest psychiatrists are unable to detect? Yes? Yes. A certain type are called paranoiacs. Well, you see, many paranoiacs are fully aware of their deranged state of mind, and they go to great lengths to conceal it. <laughs> That's what makes them so dangerous. That's all very interesting, but I don't care. <laughs> you can keep your, uh, your, uh... Paranoia? Yeah. And I'll take Dick Tracy. Well, everyone to their own taste. Inspector, hmm? if you intend to read the comics, would you be so good as to keep your right hand a bit closer to mine? I find it quite difficult to hold my magazine and turn the page with these handcuffs on. Want an apple, David? No, thank you, Inspector. Well... Housewives and half in case you change your mind later on. An attractive knife you have there, Inspector. The handle is mother of pearl, isn't it? Hmm? Uh, oh, yeah. What are you thinking about, Inspector? I was thinking of you, David. Me? You're a funny duck. I can't help but wonder about you. Wonder? How? Why'd you do it, David? Well, now, wasn't it you who suggested we didn't think about it? Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, you needn't be, because I don't mind that, really. Matter of fact, I rather enjoy talking to you. Inspector, have you ever been in love? Well, yes, certainly. But that's a funny question. How was yours? Yes. See, I didn't tell the others. That rooming house. I lived there myself. I took the room under an assumed name. Dorothy lived right above me. We were engaged once, Dorothy and I, two years ago. We were going to be married. We were very much in love. Then suddenly she started to change toward me. I thought it was my imagination at first. Then all at once I knew it was true. She had changed. Someone else? No, there was no one. That's why I couldn't understand it. We had a date one night. She told me it was all over. She moved. I searched for her everywhere, and finally I found she had taken a room in a boarding house. I called her many times, but she had left word that she wasn't at home to me. That's when I moved there myself. Did you get her back? No, no, I, I knew it was impossible. She told me I I just wanted to be near. Yeah. I'd like to go down the stairs to work in the morning. Then I'd hurry home in the evening. So I'd be first to see her come back to the room. And she never knew you lived there? No, never. That is until the night before it happened. I met her on the stairs after the house. She told me she was going to be married. <laughs> I congratulated her. I remember that. Then I went up to my room. But I couldn't sleep that night. I could hear her laughing and talking upstairs with some man. The following night, I heard the same man's voice up in the room. With the thought of him being there, I didn't like it. Then, you know, there was a butcher knife laying on the kitchen table. I took it and I walked up the stairs. I knocked on the door. Dorothy answered, and I, I found her alone. It was him that I wanted, so I started to go. Then I looked at her face. She was laughing. Me. I couldn't stand it. I took the knife and, and I killed her. Just like that, Inspector. I killed her. 
blast of steam from the locomotive's whistle drowns out the last gurgling cry of Harwell, the inspector, the man with a pearl-handled pocket knife, who realized too late that the affability of his train companion was but a camouflage to hide a razor-edged obsession. In just a moment, we continue our story. Picked up our last passenger. Are you sure? 
sure attractive, Inspector. I'm sorry. However, we're on time. Being banning in an hour, that'll do any good. Of course, it won't do me any good. I just finished telling you that. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Inspector. Oh, yes. Well, thank you. Hey, uh, what's wrong with your, your friend there? What? Your pal. He's snoozing? Oh, yes, yes, yes. He's, he's taking a little nap. Well, how do you like that? A guy that can sleep on his way to the death house. <laughs> Boy, some of these killers are sure cold-blooded, aren't they? Yes. Yes, aren't they, though? Uh, well, Inspector, if that's all, oh, I am. Yes, yes, thank you anyway. So long. Yes, so long. Oh. Well, now what do you think of that, Inspector? It seems that fate has interceded momentarily, doesn't it? Well, I've never jumped from a moving train before, but, well, this man should be of help. Oh, wish me luck, Inspector. Now, let's get these handcuffs off. Hmm? There. Well, clumsy of me to drop your keys, eh? Be under the seat. Yes, there. I can't reach them. I'll try it with my foot out. I can't reach the keys. I can't reach them. And the handcuffs won't come out without those keys. The handcuffs won't come out. <laughs> If you were alive, Inspector, you'd think me a coward, wouldn't you, to become frightened when I found myself unable to reach those handcuff keys. But you would admire me for realizing in time that frenzy must be exchanged for resourcefulness, wouldn't you? Hard, isn't it, Inspector? Even in death, you're a hindrance to my escape. If it weren't for you shackled to my wrist, I could reach those keys. However, as soon as I pick the lock of this knife free again and quite ashamed of myself for ever letting my imagination run rampant. I estimate another ten minutes on this lock and it will evaporate finished. Yes, who's that? I'm sorry to bother you, Inspector. Yes, Conductor. This lady here got on a cart, right? And we can't find a place for her to sit in the chair car. Oh? She's only going as far as Banny and I suggest that she might share your compartment if you don't mind. Well, it so happens I do mind. Compartment is reserved by the police department of Willis Falls, and not for the convenience of wayward travel. Now, just a minute, Alice. Uh, it's all right, Miss. Listen, Inspector, this compartment is not reserved. It's courtesy that the line shows to the police department whenever possible. You'll find that your ticket actually calls for a chair car in Coach Three. If you don't intend to cooperate with us, I'll have to ask you to move to Coach Three. That is, if you can get in at all. Well, under the circumstances, I don't seem to have much choice, do I? Throw the lady in. I hear you are, Miss. Forty minutes before we reach Banning. I'll call you. Thank you, Conductor. Yes, Conductor. By all means, call us when we reach Banning City. We'll be waiting. Inspector, I'm really terribly sorry that my company was more or less forced upon you. I'd like to apologize. It's all right. Things are crowded these days. I suppose we just have to make the best of it. I can understand if you would have some hesitancy about having a woman in the same compartment with a murderer. Murderer? Yes, the Conductor told me all about your prisoner. But it really doesn't frighten me at all. It doesn't? No. You don't mind being here with a murderer? Oh, not as long as you're here. I just trust you to take care of the situation. You... You trust me? Of course. But you don't know who I am. <laughs> what difference does that make? And anyway, I do know who you are. You're Inspector Highwell of the Willis Falls Police Department. The conductor told me that. Too. What's your name? Dorothy. Dorothy Jones. I hate the name of Jones, don't you? No. No, I like it. I like Dorothy, too. I used to know a Dorothy once. 
Did you? Yes, she looked something like you. She was blonde and tall and young and pretty like you. Thank you. Whatever happened to her? What? Where is she now? Oh, she went away. She took a long trip. On a boat, I think. Oh, I've always wanted to go on a long trip. I never get the chance, though. Maybe you will. Hey, you're a prisoner. He certainly has found sleeper, isn't he? Uh, yes. If he is that. He doesn't even look like he's breathing. No, no. Some people sleep that way, I guess. He could be dead and you wouldn't even know it, would you? Don't talk like that. What's wrong, Inspector? You seem worried. I'm not worried. Why should I be worried? It's just that this job gets on my nerves. I'm not made of steel. No. You're not much like a detective. What makes you say that? I thought all detectives had nerves of steel. I, I didn't think any of you ever got bothered, but... Inspector, you're cold. What? You're cold. It's got blood on it. Oh, well, I was, I was peeling an apple. I cut my hand. I, I cut my hand, you understand? Oh, what are you staring at? It's the other man who's bleeding. It's the other man. Quiet. Quiet. You hear me? Don't raise your voice. You, you've got a gun. Yes, his gun. And you may be assured that I'll use it unless you do exactly as I say. Now listen closely, Miss Jones. On the floor beneath this seat, you'll find the keys to these handcuffs. Be good enough to get them for me, please. Quickly, please. Thank you. Yeah, better. Now, why, Miss Jones, you appear to be shocked. Is something troubling you? You're not the inspector. You, you're a murderer. You killed Inspector Harwell, didn't you? I'm afraid so. Oh, but come now, let's not be morbid about it. They'll catch you. They will. I hardly think so. You see, Miss Jones, since you've been kind enough to help me dispense with these bracelets, the problem of escape really becomes quite simple once again. Oh. What are you going to do? You're frightened of me, aren't you? You're thinking that I might kill you? That's an understandable emotion. Don't come any closer. Keep away. I'll relieve you of your coat, please. What? What are you doing with my coat? You're tearing. Of course. I shall need these strips of cloth to bind and gag you. Now, hold out your wrist. We'll slip these braces on. There, now, we'll bind you. I realize how unpleasant this must be for you. However, it would be considerably more unpleasant if I should be forced to pull this trigger. You're making out of your mind. Oh, now, that's strange. Inspector Harwell said the same thing just before he died. Now, open your mouth, please. No, I don't. Yeah. That's fine. Well, now, I... I believe it's time for me to take my leave. I'll say goodbye and... Oh, wait. Hey, the thing's going down. Something's wrong. Wait. I'll wait until we slow down a bit more, and then I shall I shall leap from this window. In approximately 30 minutes, this train will be pulling into Bannon City. But without me, because Miss Jones, I'll be on my way to freedom. It's done, and I've planned it all myself. Nothing can go wrong now. Nothing. Well, goodbye, Miss Jones. Carson. Goodbye. Holy smoke, so that's the delay. Let me have that phone, Mac. 
is the station agent Bannock City. You better send an ambulance to Centerville Junction. Some guy jumped in front of an eastbound special just as he was passing the uncle. Huh? No, he's dead. Goodbye. Ironic, isn't it? That a man obsessed with the one thought of escape should find it under the wheels of an oncoming train. And in compartment B, car 92, the third passenger, Death, smiles as he ponders the inevitability of justice, its surety, its finality, that blocks the craftiest mind and the most merciless obsession. In just a moment, I'll be back with a preview of next week's story. Produced and transcribed by C.T. McGregor in Hollywood.